Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Beat Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Mielogunde. On this episode, I'll be talking about the minor scandal involving Proton Mail and young climate activists in France, what that has to do with gentrification in Paris, and a restaurant that was attacked by terrorists back in 2015, also the connection between the scandal and a bill that was introduced in the US Congress back in June 2020, as well as the connection between this scandal and the Yellow Vest protests that have been going on in France since November of 2018. So there's clearly a lot to cover in this episode. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So recently, one of the secure email service providers, ProtonMail, is in a lot of hot water simply for collecting and storing user data, something they had claimed they wouldn't do at all in the first place. Apparently, even a secure email service provider cannot just ignore a legally binding order from Swiss authorities requested by French authorities and then routed through Inter- um, Europol. Excuse me. So Europol is the European Union Agency for Law Enforcement Cooperation. Emphasis on the last word in Europol's name, cooperation. So that's going to be um, revealed later on in the episode. What what this cooperation has to do with the the whole scandal, basically revolving around proton mail. So all over the world, privacy concerns are on the rise, and for understandable reasons. And a subset of that has to do with specifically with email privacy. Naturally, every single one of these email privacy concerns have different solutions for them. For instance, Apple's hide my email gives more control over who can send you emails. Other email protection services like DuckDuckGo email protection removes trackers from some types of emails that are delivered to your inbox. However, if you want a truly private email service, a lot of people consider ProtonMail to be one of the best options available. There are quite a few internet services today that advertise absolute privacy from both hackers and prying government agencies, such as Signal, used for messaging. Um, and then after um, LavaBits controversial shutdown back in August 2013, LavaBits was an email service. And following its connections to Edward Snowden, it was forced to shut down back in August 2013. So after that shutdown, ProtonMail rose to become the advertised secure email service of choice for privacy-minded users, especially those who have one or two secrets to keep. Sometimes, however, those secrets may go against certain countries' laws, which often leads to secure email service providers handing over data to identify users under investigation. While ProtonMail advertised privacy and security against such actions, it was apparently forced to cave in to high-level legal demands leading to the arrest of climate change activists in France. In essence, ProtonMail is currently facing widespread criticism for logging the IP address of a French activist and then revealing it to law enforcement authorities, which then led to the activist's arrest. Users are now concerned that the service is not as private as advertised. So what happened? Over the past year, French climate activists have been taking over commercial premises and apartments near Place Saint-Marseille in Paris, France. According to the activists, this move is to fight against gentrification, real estate speculation, Airbnbs, and high-end restaurants. The demonstrations began as a local conflict, but then rapidly expanded into a national and symbolic movement in France. The activists attracted newspaper headlines when they started occupying premises rented by Le Petit Cambodge, 
a restaurant that was targeted by the November 13, 2015 terrorist attacks in Paris. So the activists in question were part of Youth for Climate, a climate strike movement that was inspired by popular climate activist Greta Thunberg and was focused on school students who skipped Friday classes in order to attend protests. We now know that at least one of the Youth for Climate activists used ProtonMail for online postings and general communications under the email address jmm18 at protonmail.com. So ProtonMail is located in Switzerland. It abides by Swiss laws and therefore does not typically share data with French authorities. Those are two different countries. However, the French police sought the assistance of Europol in filing a request with the Swiss courts to further their investigation, which then led ProtonMail to log the IP address of that particular climate activist after receiving the legal request. And again, we now know that all of this happened back in January, but then it was recently revealed now in September. So it's all, it all happened eight months ago, but I guess we're now learning about it in September. So as far as what the French authorities asked for and what ProtonMail provided, the contents of emails, including text, attachments, and media are not accessible even with legal orders due to the way ProtonMail's encryption technology works. So in a blog post clarifying its stance, ProtonMail mentioned that it does not know the identity of its users with IP login. Quote, at no point were we aware that the targeted users were climate activists. We only know that the order for data from the Swiss government came through channels that are typically reserved for serious crimes. End quote. So under Swiss law, ProtonMail should notify the user if a third party makes a request for their private data and if the data is for a criminal proceeding. However, there is a significant loophole here. On its law enforcement page, ProtonMail highlights that this notification process can be delayed in three separate cases. First, where providing notice is temporarily prohibited by the Swiss legal process itself, by Swiss court order, or applicable Swiss law. Secondly, where, based on information supplied by law enforcement, we, in our absolute discretion, believe that providing notice could create a risk of injury, death, or irreparable damage to an identifiable individual or group of individuals. Third, as a general rule though, targeted users will eventually be informed and afforded the opportunity to object to the data request either by ProtonMail or by Swiss authorities. So those are the three instances where delaying the notification to, to inform an individual who is a subject for their privacy data, their private data being handed over to authorities that's when those things would would happen basically interestingly from one point of view this incident seems to fall under the first case where notification was temporarily prohibited by the swiss legal process itself or by a swiss court order or by an applicable swiss law and that was why proton mail did not notify the user according to andy yen proton mail ceo quote some orders are final and cannot be appealed that's just how the legal system works not everything can be appealed. The user was not notified for the same reason that you don't notify a suspect before arresting them. End quote. From another point of view, however, it looks like ProtonMail was either under legal order 
to delay notification to the account holder. Given what appears to be up to eight months between the login being instigated and its disclosure, or it had been provided with information by the Swiss authorities, which led Proton Mail to conclude that delaying the notice was essential to avoid a risk of, quote, injury, death, or irreparable damage, as indicated in the second instance of what constitutes a delay in notification. In this case, it is not clear what exactly irreparable damage means in this context and whether it could be interpreted literally or figuratively. Apparently, damage to a person's interest or a group's interest, such as regarding a criminal investigation and not just bodily harm, would make the policy considerably more expansive. So in either scenario, the level of transparency that is being afforded to individuals by Swiss law having a mandatory notification requirement when a person's data has been requested looks severely limited if, by the same law, authorities can essentially gag notifications potentially for long periods, and in this case for about eight months or more. According to a copy of the police report that is circulating on Twitter, the details that French police managed to find include the date the email address was created, the user's IP address, the device that was used to, to create the email address, and the phone number tied to that device. So following the incident, ProtonMail updated its privacy policy and removed the part that says it does not log IP addresses by default. Instead, the monitoring and logging starts after ProtonMail gets a legally binding request. As per ProtonMail's privacy policy, the information it can provide on a user account in response to a valid request under Swiss law may include account information provided by the user, such as email address, account activity or metadata, such as sender, recipient, IP address, timestamps, message subjects, and so on, the total number of messages, the type of storage used on that device, and the last login time, as well as the unencrypted messages that were sent from external providers to ProtonMail. So as an end-to-end -end encrypted email provider, ProtonMail cannot decrypt email data so it is unable to provide information on the contents of an email even when served with a valid warrant. In its transparency report, the company also signals an additional layer of data collection which it may be legally obligated to carry out. Quote, in extreme cases, ProtonMail may also be obligated to monitor the IP addresses which are being used to access the ProtonMail accounts that are engaged in criminal activities. Whether or not a case qualifies for these enhanced obligations is determined solely by Swiss authorities and not by ProtonMail, end quote. So it is this IP monitoring component of the transparency report that has now caused so much alarm and controversy among privacy advocates and the heavy criticism of ProtonMail's marketing claims as a so-called user privacy-centric company. ProtonMail has faced particular criticism of marketing claims of providing anonymous email and for wording the caveat in its transparency disclosure where it talks about IP login only in extreme criminal cases. In that case, very few people would admit that anti-gentrification activists meet that high criteria. In addition to removing the misleading, even though it's arguably technically correct reference to its default login policy, ProtonMail pledged to emphasize the use of the Tor network to activists. 
So the new your data, your rules section on Proton Mail's homepage directly links to a landing page aggregating information about using Tor to access Proton Mail. So using Tor to get to Proton Mail may accomplish what Proton Mail itself cannot do legally, which is to obfuscate its users' IP addresses. Since the Tor network itself hides users' network origins prior to packets ever reaching ProtonMail, even a valid subpoena cannot get that information out of ProtonMail simply because the company never receives the data in the first place. It is worth mentioning that the anonymity offered by Tor relies on technical means and not policies, a situation that could serve as a textbook example of a double-edged sword. If a government agency can compromise the Tor nodes that your traffic passes through in a way that offers it a means of tracking its origins, then there is no policy that can prevent that government agency from doing so or from using that data for law enforcement purposes. ProtonMail also operates a VPN service called ProtonVPN and points out that Swiss law prohibits the country's courts from compelling any VPN service to log IP addresses. In theory, if activists at Youth for Climate had used ProtonVPN to access their ProtonMail account, the Swiss court could not have forced ProtonMail to expose its real IP address. However, the company seems to be leaning more heavily toward recommending Tor for this particular purpose rather than its own VPN service. So all of this leads us to this burning question. Can you still trust ProtonMail? So basically, ProtonMail got something fundamentally wrong in this incident, which is the lack of transparency about its features right on its homepage. A company that claims to be a secure email service needs to do better and clearly disclose how it handles legal requests. The previous version of the site's homepage claimed not to keep any IP logs by default, which is indeed misleading to the average individual. You don't have to understand legal contracts law or be able to read a a document as if you're a lawyer before you can agree to the terms and conditions of any service, not to mention an email service that claims to be a secure email service. So ProtonMail lets you sign up without providing any details, which means the company has no information about you. At first, this looks like the perfect email service for someone who does not want a digital footprint. However, we now know that ProtonMail is bound to log an IP address if federal authorities ask for it nicely. The old case for ProtonMail is built around the fact that the company has to follow the law regardless of how and why such legal tools are being used by federal authorities. According to Andy Yen, ProtonMail CEO, Quote, it is deplorable that legal tools for serious crimes are being used in this way. But by law, ProtonMail must comply with Swiss criminal investigations. This is obviously not done by default, but only if legally forced. End of quote. So while ProtonMail did not give out information to international agencies, it was compelled to do so for Swiss authorities. The site also has a transparency report that shows the number of data requests made to ProtonMail by Swiss as well as international agencies. The numbers show that Swiss authorities passed more than 3,500 orders for data collection in 2020. And compared to 2017, that number was as low as 13 orders. ProtonMail complied with 3,017 orders in 2020 and contested 725 orders. 
this just goes to show that both Swiss authorities and international law enforcement, or law enforcement agencies are seeking user data more actively. In a public response on Reddit, ProtonMail also states that it is deeply concerned about the case, reiterating that it was unable to contest the order in this instance, and it added that the prosecution in this case seems quite aggressive. Unfortunately, this is a pattern we have increasingly seen in recent years around the world, for example in France where terror laws were inappropriately used. We will continue to campaign against such laws and abuses." End quote. So in a recent um, conversation with my friend, Khan, she came on the episode um, recently. I was telling her about how state's attitude toward protests are now something of a priority because we've seen um, nationalist movements spread around the world and countries like China are actually taking steps to actively suppress protests within their borders because the last thing they want is civil unrest or civil disobedience and so on. So all of this is basically, and this is happening also in France, where since November of 2018, there has been yellow vest movement in France. That is actually something of, I would call it an embarrassment for France. And now there's this climate activist protesting gentrification and they they planned it to be a local movement, but then of course it caught on and it has spread throughout the whole of France. It's been going on for almost a year and the French government clearly do not want this to become another spark to ignite the Yellow Vest protest again, which technically hasn't ended. So now they're taking every step they can to kind of stop this in its tracks, get the activists, um, activists um, in line, basically make some arrest and let the whole thing die down. And of course, again, the rise of big data and a difficult position that companies are now finding themselves because law enforcement agencies are now realizing that it is faster and easier to solve crimes by just requesting data, which would make their work much easier from companies that handle this data. So now we see something is happening in France and the French government is going to the Swiss government to request data from a Swiss company so that they can catch activists who are operating back in France. And then they went, they went through Europol. So at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned how the definition of Europol is literally contains the, the, the word cooperation. So Europol, again, is the European Union Agency for Law Enforcement Cooperation. So that just says so much. So if France wants Switzerland to cooperate with an investigation, they wouldn't just approach Switzerland directly. They would go through Europol because they know that Switzerland is bound to respect a request from Europol on behalf of France. So all of this is requiring authorities in two countries and one international organization to basically put pressure on one company regarding the information of one individual. And like I mentioned, it's, it's becoming, I guess, big data is everywhere. Let's just say that. Nowadays, we cannot be divorced from our data. Our data is everything. Companies know more about us than we know about ourselves. Governments are now seeking help from companies that have all our data to be able to solve cases and make arrests and so on. To wrap up, there's another worrying development that could threaten the privacy of internet users in Europe. European Union lawmakers have signaled that they want to work 
to find ways to enable lawful access to encrypted data, even as they simultaneously claim that it supports strong encryption. So in episode 58, I talked about how a similar bill was introduced in the U.S. Congress back in June of 2020 by three Republican senators, and this bill would require tech companies to assist in providing access to encrypted contents in response to law enforcement warrants. So this is happening in the U.S. This is about to happen in Europe, and it's only a matter of time before it pops up in other parts of the world. As always, privacy advocates are concerned about these developments. Back in January, ProtonMail and several other end-to-end encrypted services warned in an open letter that EU lawmakers risk setting the region down a dangerous path toward backdooring encryption if they continue in this direction. So that's all I have for this episode of The Beat Picture. The production, editing, fact-checking, audio engineering, and graphic design were done by yours truly. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity topics, news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you follow, download, or subscribe to The Beat Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please share the show with anyone you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please email bdme at thebeatpicture.com. You can also get in touch with me on the Clubhouse app at Bid or on Twitter at BeatPicture. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you.